evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. the show tonight. We've got Mr Paul Thorpe, Mr Yeovil himself. We're also joined by Dave Hilda Pryor, of course. I shall stick my six penneth in. And Ricky Hyatt will be here as well to join us. At last, by no means least, Lawson Deer will join us. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And today we've got mainly the usual crew, but we have got a new guest on the show today, and that is Mr Lawson Diaz. Good afternoon, Lawson. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, it's lovely. Welcome on, on the show. Uh, it makes a change having somebody on that uh, knows something about football, if you know what I mean, because most of us no, don't know anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right, yes. Then, of course, we've got Hilda's here, as usual. All right, Hilda? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you for that lovely introduction for the rest of us. That's all right. <laughs> Bit slow on the uptake there. I thought you'd have reacted by now. Um, Thorpe, Thorpe's here. <laughs> it's good to have Lawson. Thorpe's we here. Don't react to, we don't react to Reds just going on and on and on, do we? Do we? I don't know. We'll see. Absolutely not. Anyway... Mm. Uh, lovely to be here and, and lovely to have a new face as well because we stare at yours all the time and it's just getting beyond a joke to be honest with you. Like, so, uh, Lawson, yeah. Lawson, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you and also a pleasure to have a new face on the old uh, football bloody hell. Likewise, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> and also we've got Rick, Rick's here, all right Rick? Yeah, sorry about the face. Yeah, it is a bit sh shoddy but you know, there you go. Um, and I'm That's here. Yeah. So I just want to make an announcement first before we go any further. Um, it has been said Ooh. that Manchester United get far too much airtime. But here, the, here. the reason that Manchester United get too, far too much airtime is because they are the biggest, uh, the most successful football club in the world, bar none. And they are always in the news. Whereas some of these other downtrodden clubs, such as Liverpool and are not in the news, oh, there therefore it is. they don't get mentioned. 
So I thought I'd just point that out because people seem to think that we, we're a Manchester United show. We're not. It's just that United are always in the news. So there. And they're going to start today as well, believe it or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right, Michael Carrick, what sort of a job has he made of two games? What do you think, Thorpey? Right, well, just before I go into Michael Carrick, I'd just like to also say there's been so much going on at the Manchester United Football Club, good and bad. That's probably why they're probably in the news more than most. Do you think so? Absolutely, yeah. But what's been going on at that football club lately? That's why they've been hitting the big headlines. Now, going back to your question, right, which is uh, Mr. Carrick, mm. i got to say <clears throat> he has shown a little bit of passion. He's shown some good uh, tactical essence on the sideline. And he's had the balls to drop Ronaldo, which I don't think many people have, have actually done. I think he dropped him at the right time. He brought him on. I see his tactics of what he was trying to, to achieve about trying to defend. He knew that he knew that um, they were going to have to do quite a lot of defending anyway. And he thought he was too much of a luxury to put on right from the start. And I totally get that. And actually, I think it's actually worked for him. So well done, Mr. Carrick. Um, it did mess my butt up because I had Chelsea down for the draw. So he's an absolute... Asterix, 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 asterix. You had him down for the draw. Well, it was a draw. No, I had him down to I mean, get beat by Chelsea. Ah, well, you just said you had him as a draw anyway. No, sorry. Um, so, um, by then, drawing actually lost me money. So, but I actually think he got it bang on, to be honest with you. And I think they, they frustrated them. Their, their actual work rates where. Uh, what, what disappoints me from the player's point of view is that it's the way they've conducted themselves. And I'll tell you why. It's because all of a sudden you're getting the exact same players, right, with the exact same coaching team. And all of a sudden they're really pressing high. They're really working the players inside because they worked really hard about bringing them uh, the play in the, to the middle of the pitch. And... Um, I think it's an absolute disgrace that they've obviously got player power at that football club, which I think is something no football club should ever have. Lawson, what do you reckon, mate, as a newcomer to the show? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think Carrick's done a done a right job, but I I agree with Roy Keane a bit in what he said. To be honest, um, he's been a part of that staff for quite a long time now, and. and he was there when it was going bad, and now all of a sudden it changes a little bit. It'd be interesting to see how much the new interim manager, how much influence he had on that game last mm. night. It would have been interesting to see uh, to see if he did have anything to do with it, because uh, like uh, Forpy said there, uh, their, their attitude to press the ball and everything was much better. And I know that's, from, from what I've heard, that's, uh, that's how the new manager likes to play, that high-pressing style. Um, so it's been interesting to see if he had anything to do with it. Uh, as far as the players putting an extra shift in, exactly the same thing happened in Ollie's first few games as well. When he took over from Mourinho, they put a shift in then. Um, they just they just lost their way. As far as dropping Ronaldo goes, thanks for dropping the captain of my fantasy team, who then comes on and gets booked. And as he was my captain, I got double points, which meant he doubled zero points, which was fantastic. <laughs> but um, moving forward, I think that the, whether Carrick denied that um, 
Ralph had anything to do with the team, but with surely the, the first sign you'll get of that is what sort of team he puts out on Thursday, because that'll be his first game actually in charge when Ralph's got the uh, the whole squad under his tutelage and we'll see what changes he makes then. That'll be the true test of what... But, I mean, United played a 4-6-0. Everyone knew what was going to what it was going to happen, what was going to happen, what the game was going to be like. And it's a sad uh, indictment on the players that United had to get three central midfielders in to do the job that Kante could have done on his own if he was fit. So, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see how things will go. And Ronaldo will fit into uh, a pressing team. It'll just have to be modified slightly to go with him. And you can't, you've got to play him because he gives you a goal again. So I'm just waiting, just waiting to see what see what happens. And actually, once the Arsenal game's out of the way, United have got a nice run of fixtures for the next 10 or so games. So with a bit of luck, he'll get up up and running and uh, get a few wins under his belt. Can I just sort of jump in there a little bit? Yeah, I, yeah quick. Come it, that, that, that formation you've given there, you have to realise, and I think Lawson are, 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 are hopefully will agree with me a little bit, um, is that th- that formation uh, that they've got, was only when, you know, and I know they didn't have the ball a hell of a lot, so it was, it was being used a hell of a yeah. lot anyway, but that formation is only there for the defensive side of the game. Yeah, yeah, I was being you know, a bit when, when, Yeah, when you, set, when you set up, you, you set yourself up for a defensive set, you know. Once yeah. we actually get the ball, that formation goes out, out the window. And, and, and you start playing with a false nine or your, your, your man up top or whatever, and as soon as we lose the ball, bang, they all drop back in. Yeah, now they haven't. Going... They haven't. Had they have not. When they've been given the ball away, they have not been working hard enough to get back goal side of the ball. So then yeah. gaps appear, things like that. So so actually, when they, you say that formation, I totally get that, and and you're dead right. But that's only that that's where they went right because we need to be solid and we need to be really hard to break down. That's what I want you to do. Yeah, going forward, it was. It was four, three in midfield, Sancho and Rashford wide and Bruno coming up the middle as a false nine going forward. Mm. But but without the ball, it was definitely a four, six, zero. Yeah, no, absolutely. But also, they, you know, when, when the... Who um, oh, made the mistake? Uh, Jorginho. Uh, yeah, when Jorginho made that mistake, he was that getting really... Pre- he was he's really getting pressed by two, two, two Man United players. So... You know that that extra work rate, I don't think would have happened. To, you know, two weeks ago, probably not. But it did happen when Ollie took over, and they had the same sort of kickback. I mean, Kino's right. There's some there's some influence in that changing room that is very self centred and not for the team. And he said that they'd throw him under the bus eventually, and that's exactly what they did because it's yeah. the same players. Hilda. Mm. Um... Two points, really. Agree with um, what all the guys have said. Um, it'd be interesting um, to see uh, what Ralph does in terms of Harry Maguire. Purely I say that is because, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about whether he should have come out of the side anyway. And because of his suspension, he was obviously forced. Um, you know, he obviously couldn't play. And it'd just be interesting to see whether he does decide to come back in straight away because um, now they, they he wasn't able to play. So... So now that Bailey and Lindelof have been put together and shown that they, you know, it was a relatively good defensive performance, whether he thinks that there's no immediate need <coughs> to put him back in because of the current form. But the second point was just, um, I guess this was kind of what 
maybe not in terms of the four six zero formation, but in terms of um, the the effect Sancho had on the game was um, kind of what he was brought in to do before the whole Ronaldo thing kind of sort of scuppered that a little bit. And he's proved in the last couple of games that he's got that finish in him and give him a run of games. And he could be that player that um, you all hoped he would be when you when you signed him in the summer. Rick, you're trying you to say something? Truth, do you think there's any truth in the rumour that Chelsea appealed Harry Maguire's suspension? Rather <laughs> <laughs> than United? Well, I'll tell you what, I, strange as it may seem, I tend to agree with uh, Mr Thorpe here. It does beg the question, if you can get that sort of a tune out of the team, what was going wrong when Ollie was still there? What Was, was Ollie ignoring Michael Carrick? Or was he just not saying anything? Was he not putting forward his views? Because, you know, for goodness sake, it's the same players, give or take, and yet suddenly he gets a tune out of them. Why? I, I, I think the tune, though, is only sustainable for a certain amount of games. I think it's the same. Most of the team's the same for the last three years. Um, you look at all the other top players around the world at the minute, they all work hard off the ball, like Liverpool, Cities. They all work hard off the ball and they all press, but the players at United have never wanted to do it. They've done that through so many managers already. Um I just think it's yeah an attitude an attitude thing with with them top players. I think they could maybe a few of them could be in other teams where they, people do their running for them, but they've got too many players in that team that all want to do that type of thing. They just want to play football when they got the ball. When they haven't, they don't want to do it. And I think that would be the problem until they sort it out and rectify it. And I think it needs a big a big turnover of players to be honest. Hmm. Well, it'd be interesting to see what Mister Ragnick you know, comes up with and, and as Rick said, you know, what his first team's gonna be. I think we can all look forward to that because, you know, they they're gonna to have to be on four to beat Arsenal because much as we don't rate Arsenal that highly, but they're they're above us in the league, they're playing quite well at the moment. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, won't it, Rick? Certainly will. I think so. Yeah. And the league table does lie because United are below Spurs. Hmm. <laughs> and that pants. <clears throat> yeah, that's that, that's true enough. But um so the general consensus was then, are we saying that we think that Carrick did OK? Yeah, I think so. And I, but Chelsea were very ordinary. I was surprised at the amount of possession and the hype that's been going on about Chelsea, just how just how ordinary they were. They didn't really... They had, what, 24 shots in the first half? Something like that? And they didn't... Three saves? Mm. On another day, though, Chelsea would have won that game by 2-3. They missed quite a lot of opportunities. Well, they, could, they could have had two in the first two minutes, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But, you know, from, from a purely United point of view, I was pleased. It, you know, we got a point and we didn't lose. And it kept the you know the momentum going for the moment. And I thought a, a word... Is, though, that, that, style of football, that style of football for United isn't sustainable because it was like watching a Louis van Aal team. Mm. Just pass for the sake of it. Everything's sideways, backwards, with same possession and whatever. And and we've been there before and it won't work, which is why it's a good thing that Ralph's coming in. And it'll be good to actually see who uh, who benefits from his... They, they need some work put into them, those boys, because they're just lazy. You yeah. know, he, he sorted out the Gagan pressing and I just, I just think that it's exactly what their attitude could do with as much as anything else. Do you reckon Ralph's going to pick Harry Maguire? Um, oh, I'd like to take a captaincy of him. 
Well, I'll ask that question to you guys. Would you want him back in the side at the moment after the performance? You know, it's it's an. It, it, I do. I totally agree with what Lawson. The Lawson made a, a massive point there. It, it needs a quick turnover of of the changing room. You know, because there's at the moment there's a culture. Every every club has a DNA. Everybody has a culture, and that culture in Manchester United is being affected by player power. You know, I think that's something that is absolutely despicable because when you're sort of like then saying, well, we don't like the manager, we just we just stop playing and we get rid of him, you know, because we're in control of this situation and we will always be in control of this. Now, that, you cannot have that at a football club. You know, um, and I, I have never, never, I don't think I've ever sort of had that situation. But something fairly close, at Dorchester, but never had that situation where the players gone, we will get the, the manager out. And I think that something for a high-profile club that, that that influences so many youngsters around the world, I think it's quite despicable. And I totally agree with what Lawson said. That that club needs to start getting rid of players that, Paul, that think with, bigger than the football club. Sorry. With with that in mind, do you do you think then that this is actually a lot of a longer term? <laughs> I hate using that. word word project if you like but in order to turn it back around to get them right at the top that it needs a complete overhaul because if that is the case then obviously it's going to take a lot of time I, I, I totally agree I think it's a massive project now I think you know I think Keane did, Lawson did Keane say a while ago he said like something like they think this is another 10 years in the making now it, uh, yeah I think he said it's a good it's, you're not going to win the league in the next three four years are you with Valerie no how they're playing like and the, the players they need and everything just look at Liverpool and you need Chelsea and City they're, 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 they're well managed they're, their managers are stable their players they've brought in they've, they've recruited well you don't have to spend big money on, on players to, to, to get world class players in Liverpool have proved that they haven't spent a lot of money Liverpool and they've brought in pl- players bar Van Dijk and the goalie everyone else has been relatively cheap yeah uh, yeah, and United, United have spent a lot of money. Like, really, um, I think they missed the boat with Mourinho. To be honest, they didn't. People say they don't like Mourinho and he's old-fashioned, but I, th- I think he's a top manager. And, and they didn't back him like they should have backed him. If they, if they fully backed him and said, "You're my guy," I generally think they'd be better off right now. Well, there, there's a position going there, obviously, at, um, as a football director, isn't there? And I mean, that position's been either. Not being for me, not being going well, or 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 they've not had somebody in that situation where they've actually, like you say, been backing the manager, you know, and and working the way he wants to. It's a similar situation, I think, at Tottenham as well, because Tottenham, you know, he holds the purse strings really fairly tight, you know, and and it doesn't allow his, his managers to really, I think, express themselves. You know, if you give a manager a, a, a decent budget, say, right, go out and express yourself, let me see your style of football, then then I think that, that then you get a, a better reaction because then you get a true reflection of what the manager, you know, and, and this director of football, that's what, it, to, to me, is the, is the downside of it because, you know, in the old days, the manager used to be the manager of the football club, of absolutely everything. And, you know, and he and he, wore, he, he picked his players. I want, to have a, I, want, I want that player there. And he goes to the he goes to the directors and the and the and the chairman and says, "I want that player there, you know, and I want that player there, and I want that player, and and and, and so be it." And that way, they they either like 
fell by their own sword because they, they, they made the wrong decisions or spent too much money and didn't get the right results. Um, or, you know, they, they were brilliant and um, they were successful. Like, But, they, you know, to have this multitude of, like, a selection process of what players are getting and, you know, I, I, I think it takes away from seeing what the real manager uh, is inside that, that, that person, like, you know. Well, I'll tell you, a manager who did control virtually everything, in my experience, was Gary Johnson. And Lawson was there during that period of time for a while. Um, Gary was into everything. He, and I don't, when I say into everything, in a, you know, a, a nosy sort of approach. He wanted to be a part of it. He came up with some bloody good ideas. Uh, one, just for an example, was the Jolly Green Giant. That was totally Gary. When he came in, he decided we needed a mascot, came up with the concept... Mm-hmm. Um, and you ended up with Colin Bisson and Jerry Green dying. But um, didn't he do the stripes as well? Yeah, changed it from yeah. He, green want, to he, he came the up with the stripes. Um, he uh, he was he was involved in a hell of a lot. I can tell you, um, and yeah. it was it was it was good because you know he had such good ideas. He was so constructive. He was you know I still for the life of me can't understand why they sacked him. But there you go. That's football, as they say, isn't it? So. Uh, but, I mean, did, did you Lawson. find that, um, uh, Lawson? Yeah. Go on, sorry. Did I, uh, about Gary Johnson? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was only on loan. I was a young lad. I was only, it was my first ever loan. I just, yeah, um, I just was concentrating on my football, really. So, like, I didn't know the dealings that he had within and out mm. of the club, like, because I was just, I'd come in and train and obviously work hard and then, and then, and that'd be it. And then, um, but he, he gave me my football league opportunity. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, I remember that, uh, that first goal you scored. I always remember that. You had half the, yeah, yeah. You had half the family there, didn't you? You went absolutely mental, I remember, <laughs> running over to the yeah. side. After <laughs> Stan came down to meet you, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah no, but I do think it is, I think it, for me, having a manager is, that, that runs most of the things, I definitely think that, I think that's the best way, but. Um, there's other clubs that have been successful on the other model as well. So mm. um, I come through at Reading and, and, and they had a, a director of football there and they, they seem to have worked well. I, I think it works well if the relationship between the manager and the director of football is, is really, yeah. really good. Um, and they're both the same ideas. Because at the end of the day, the direct, if, if you do it right, the director of football is not the one in charge, it's the manager and, and he needs to get the players for the manager that he wants and, and they have to agree on players that they sign. It can't just be football directors bringing all these people in unless they, I don't know, some clubs bring in a head coach and you get coaches that are really good, but I just don't see it. I don't know. I don't get how you can have any authority on everything if you're just coming in as a coach and you're not making all the decisions. Hmm. Well, there's there's talk of the, the Ralph situation that once his uh, six months are up, then he's going to move on. Yes, he's got that two-year deal and he's also involved in the process of selecting the the new manager, so he will be invested in it, and he will get in players and the manager to manage the players that he thinks United need. Hopefully, yeah. Well, so what's he doing? Sorry, after after he's he's moving upstairs, as it were. So he's, ah, it's yeah. not that, because otherwise he would have just been coming in for the six months, and you don't give up a job even if it is at United just to manage them for six months. But that's a, a sweetener with it. He's got two. Does years. he not? Does he not want to be manager now? I don't know. That's the, that's the thing. You know what happened with Ollie? If he wins ten in a row, I don't really have much choice to be manager. From what I've seen and read, I think he could be very good. I, I, but he needs yeah. to be backed, and and, and yeah. they need to believe in what he does. He well, reminds me of it. He's going to be part of everything moving forward. So for the next 
two and a half years, he's going to be there on site, whether it is actually hands-on management or he's certainly going to have the ear of the coach because he's the man- the new manager because he's going to be part of the process that decides who it is. So yeah. he'll, he'll get the man he wants. So it'll be somebody who's, who's thinking along the same lines, hopefully. Well, moving on slightly from United, because as I said at the start of the show, people are moaning about it all the time. I can't understand why, because I think it's a sensible topic of conversation. But anyway, um, you can't go without talking about Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher, though, afterwards. That was classic. What did you think, boys? I've got got to be honest, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So I'll be interested to hear what actually did go on. And I know that uh, they like a little bit of banter between themselves anyway. So I'll take it and kick Troy off. I'd hardly call it a little bit of banter. (laughs) Up, up until then, I was watching it and I was thinking, Kino's been a bit quiet today. He's a bit sort of laid back and not involved. And then Dipstick comes in and it all kicks off. <laughs> so I'm with I'm with Thorpe. I I didn't actually see it either. Um, but what I what what I kind of took from it was not. Um, that it happened. It was the fact that um, it wasn't just, it was even broadcast, Sky Sports broadcast it as their own like bit of news on their, um, on their news app to say that that had happened as if it was like, it was in their like top three bits of news for that entire um, day. And it also hit other news outlets as well. And I just wondered what you boys thought on this because, because um, again, I didn't see it, so so I can't comment. But it does seem like we're now at an age where the disagreement of pundits it's almost as important in terms of how it's reported as the actual games itself. And I just wonder if we're going down a real dangerous route. That I guess because of social media, so it's always going to be retweeted and people are going to be following and have their own <laughs> opinions on it. But are we getting to a point where? we should probably, as entertaining it is, we've got to be a little bit careful if we go down that route because I get the impression that at the end of the day, when people were taking sides, whether they were right with Cara or Keane, no one was really taking note about what they were saying. They just wanted to see him go toe-to-toe with each other. You could, you could really hardly hear what they were saying because they were shouting at each other so much. You, yeah, you, you literally I could hardly if, hear it. <clears throat> I thought they were both right to there. Not good. Maybe not good. But it, I thought they were both sort of in the right, to be honest. Um, that was what Keane had said about, obviously, Carrick, and I thought I sort of sort of agreed with. Um, but then what he went on to say about Ronaldo, he's, he's a world-class player, and don't get me wrong, when you've you got to bring him in, really. But then also on the other side, Carragher, what Carragher said about you've got Greenwood there, you've got loads of young players. If you're about the future, maybe, maybe Ronaldo not coming in would have been better off for them because... You want to build these young lads. If 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 you're not right now to win the league, why not? You got Greenwood there for me. Like he, he's nearly already world class already. Um, and and <coughs> if you keep up, we'll go on to that level. Obviously, he's not there yet. But you got players like that there that are affecting that Ronaldo bringing Ronaldo in is affecting him. Um, and I do sort of agree with Karen and what he said as well with regards to that situation. So it's hard. It, it, it's hard. It's a hard one, isn't it? It's hard for to make. You've got to bring him out. It's world class. Isn't it? It's just it's the timing, still... isn't it? It's the yeah, timing. Ronaldo I, became yeah. available, so you've got to you've got to get. Him. Yeah. No team in the world would turn him down. But but having so said, they, yeah, I just think they made great points, both uh, of them. Having yeah. said that, though, that the the what shall I say, the heat in the argument was was getting 
quite dangerously high, I thought. And, I mean, you don't quite know. I mean, Keno can be a bit of a Arsgalf um, Inger Harlison. You know, he can be a bit... Uh, I thought it could quite easily have got out of hand. I mean, it was almost this out is what of hand I mean, anyway. I just wonder if the fact that it was being reported on other news outlets and stuff, we're just getting to a point where we're taking it too far. Like, But I can understand that when you get a group of guys like that have been in the dressing room and won what they've won, etc., that it's going to, I guess it's going to boil over and then they'll just completely forget that they are actually on telly, I guess. But well, yeah. it, I think some, they, you're right, I think they do have to be careful because as much as we talk about how box office keen is i do worry sometimes from his perspective that he might something might happen one day when he doesn't realize what he said or what he's done and then he might get taken off it like altogether and no one gets to see it anymore like i think it was the game against spurs last year year before when he was saying about how he was gonna get de gea by the throat i think was his words and then send them all off in a taxi and i think he's got to be a little bit careful with his terminology because you only have to say um, the wrong thing once. Um, maybe isn't the time to talk about it, but you might have seen that Carlton Cole said something that was really unfortunate and people were telling mm. him to, that he should be backed off of what he said, that yeah. we're in that age now where as soon as you say the wrong thing, like that could be it. So you do <coughs> have to be a little bit careful, but I'm not sure what the um, you know platforms like Sky Sports can do about it because essentially that's what they want them there for, to try and get yeah. this kind of heated debate going. Well, Keno got off lightly, actually. If you remember where the day that Arsene Wenger lost his job at Arsenal, poor Otieri Henry sat in the studio next to Jamie Carragher when he grabbed his thigh. Mm. Keno, was, Keno dodged a bullet there. He just got a verbal <laughs> one. He didn't get touched up on TV by Jamie Carragher, <laughs> which nobody wants, let's be honest. Well, let's let's move on. Um Liverpool, I've got written down here, Liverpool and City march on. Um, much as I hate to say it, they both look look pretty unstoppable at the moment. And uh, I'm sure Thorpe and Hilda are going to rub that in about uh, Liverpool. But, I, you know, I, I think City are, are equally as dangerous at the moment. So I don't know what you boys think. Well, for, firstly, I think it, um, it shows the development of, of both those clubs. Um, I know that, Rick will go uh, and yourself may be saying, right, well, they, they, they all of a sudden Man City have bought it. But I think that they they bought really well. They bought the players really, really well. As regards to Liverpool, it's been a long, long, long time coming. And um, the development of that football club has taken a lot longer than than, than we anticipated um, since, since the glory days. And, and that, that's why I was going on about Man United, really, about saying it could be another 10 years before they actually do anything. You know, this guy coming in, he could shorten that period of time. But as regards to strength in, in, in squad, I think that Man City have got it bang on. I think Chelsea are getting there. I'm sure, I think that the manager there is, 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 um, is, is extremely good and uh, he's trying to develop the squad. Into a, into a really because these squads have got to get bigger as regards to Liverpool slightly different I think because um, they've gone with the youth as well they're trying to develop the youth in, in, the, in the lesser cup games I think I'm really proud that the, the, the club have thrown in the youngsters into top games as well so that the future looks bright for that football club 
But they've also, in, in the spending side of any of these clubs, I just don't think nowadays, uh, as Lawson said, you need to go. Uh, I, we all know that certain players are going to you know, bring in top money. You know, but if you ask me if I'd take Kane now, uh, I would. I would not. I would not want Kane at our football club because I don't think he's. He, he, you know, in the in the right team, he, he might be really good. But to me, he doesn't work hard enough for our football club, and I think that's shown up in some top games uh, at Tottenham. So I think that um, depth of squad is is really been very very important, and why those clubs have, have done very very well. Um. I just don't think, as regards to Manchester United, I don't think the depth of squad is quite there at the moment. Uh, certainly not in your first team. Um, and I think there's problems behind the, behind the scenes. Whereas the other top three, I think, uh, are definitely there. The depth of squad is good. Um, so they've got players that, that when they come in, um, that, that basically know their job, they know their DNA, and, um, and it's working really well for them. What do you think, David? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think we touched on it a couple of weeks ago, mate, that um, we think those three are going to be the ones that are battling it out. But I don't think it's necessarily going to be because they're going to be so much better than the rest. That I think they've also got three very different problems between them all because City are trying their best to try and find that regular false nine that they keep wanting to use, but they're still trying to work out what that's going to be. Liverpool uh, banging them in, but I don't quite trust them defensively, similar to against West Ham. Chelsea are really good defensively, but they don't score any goals. Like Even though they're the three, they're the, the three to watch, but I still think that, that people, teams are going to get points off of those three teams for those, for those reasons. Um, mm. So it's going to make it a very interesting title race, but... I say going back to your point and sort of linking Liverpool to Manchester United. Liverpool were eighth when Klopp took over, and it and he's been there what six years. So, and um, so we would have won the league what on year five, four, five. So yeah. it does take that amount of time, depending on you know what what you uh, what you want to achieve and you know how quickly you're looking to achieve it. What about the African Nations Cup? That's going to disrupt Liverpool on the African Nations Cup. Come on. It's gonna well, hopefully, hopefully COVID will kick in and there won't be one. <laughs> Can no, I say that? The only thing that can save the Premier League. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 this new this new variant that's coming in, you know, and it's uh, it's obviously been started in, or it's started roughly around in Africa, isn't it, I believe. Over you to know, our medical correspondent, you... Mr Paul Thorpe. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> It does make you wonder whether those players actually want to go to the African nations, you know, and, um, you know, of course they want to represent their country. Absolutely. But um, I have to think now you have to really think seriously about where you, where you're going in the world. Um, is it safe to travel? Um, because it's, this variant is, is at the moment only getting stronger and stronger. Uh, I think it's, it's evolving and it does worry me a hell of a lot that whether, we could be back to square one soon, yeah. you know, and, and having a quick lock, big lockdown. But it does worry me. But um, yeah, this is a problem problem that Liverpool haven't solved yet because when we lose players from the Africa's nation, we do, do take a little bit of a dip in form. So uh, yeah, I think that that area 
that area needs to be resolved a little bit in the squad. You know, maybe a couple of extra English players would, would, wouldn't go amiss. Yeah, well, I, d- I don't know. I mean, it, it's a good point that whether the fact that we've got the COVID thing is going to stop them from going in the first place, which, of course, would do Liverpool a big favour, wouldn't it? In, in particular, Liverpool, oh. perhaps more so than City and Chelsea, wouldn't it? I would have thought. Yeah, yeah absolutely. it, it would. But, but in seriousness, in seriousness, we wouldn't want that to be the reason because, of course, you know that could then affect you know everybody around the world. And then, like Paul says, you could be in a you know a situation that you know we we don't want to go back to. But obviously, mm. from a footballing perspective, of course, it'd be great to to keep the players. But hopefully. With the likes of Jota coming in, Firmino coming back from injury, whether that will be enough, I don't know. I touched on it that last season the problem wasn't scoring. It was when all the defenders were out injured. So hopefully yeah. with a couple of attackers missing, we'll have enough defensively to see it through. But time will tell. Mm. I think Liverpool, Liverpool might kick, to be honest. Um, but obviously with the African Cup of Nations, that's going to be the deciding factor, I think, in this title race for them. Um, how they get through that month. But they're definitely, I think, the best team. I think they they work hardest off the ball, and going forward, they're just a, a, a thrill to watch because they don't just pass the ball for passing it. They just they play forward quickly. Um, Salah's just unbelievable, and I just don't know how he's not won the Ballon d'Or yet, to be honest, because he's been like that for the last four years, five years. Um, Lawson is come back again, Aid. Pardon? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can you can invite him back again. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think. That, I think no, they're, though, yeah, they're definitely my my favourite teams. Well, I think City, if they get a striker in January, that that also could be a big big yeah. plus for them. Um, I think they're missing that that striker. Um, I don't know why they didn't just go all out for Kane. To be honest. Yeah, but do you, do you not think Kane is his dip in form is? When I say his dip in form, I mean, you know, he obviously still got the ump, hasn't he? he that he's still at Tottenham. I think he's frustrating, yeah. And, and I think I, he's very frustrated. I, I think that's why it's showing in his play at the moment, I think, without any doubt at all. Because not only is he frustrated that he didn't get the move, the team's awful at the minute. Um, and and you, when you're playing with players like that, I think to, when you're at his level, um, the frustration just adds on... Um, and it's hard, isn't it? I guess I think it's hard to to keep yourself mentally when you don't want to be there. Mm. Keep going, um, no matter what anyone says. You're you're only human at the end of the day. Do you, um, reckon, do you reckon Conte's got a, a a bigger job on his plate than uh, Ragnick has? Oh, what's the, what's the question? Uh, I don't got a worse squad to work with. Yeah, uh, Jesus. Um, I'd probably say no because of the players. Uh, yeah, regards to uh, the players at Tottenham, I think um, there's, a, there's a lot that they need to bring in. Um, Conte's got a really big job, I think, uh, but he needs to be given money and time as well because I think he can produce a good squad there. Um, they missed a boat years ago at Tottenham, to be honest, didn't they, with Pochettino when he had all them players playing really well and Levy didn't back him and, and bring in one or two world-class players to go in with that squad. I think if he'd have done that, Tottenham could have been in a complete different situation mm. than they are by themselves now. Who was it that they lost to on Thursday? Muriel or something, was it? They're, they're being beaten by all sorts. <laughs> yeah, someone someone compared them to a National League team, so I'd love to give them a game. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I, I don't want... It's, it's a Leeds fan, somebody seems to have sneaked into the room. Does anybody know anything about this? I, I can't see where he's come from, but... This this Leeds fan. Just slipping. 
Oh. Yep, I'm a Leeds fan. Yeah. Never mind. We've all got a cross to bear, mate. You know. Yeah, you made me talk about Man United all evening. Yeah, exactly. We talk about Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, w- I want to talk about Yeovil a minute because we have got a Yeovil player on, and we've got an ex Yeovil player on, so we've got a lot of time for Yeovil Town and um, FA Cup weekend. But but first of all, Lawson, you, you've been out with this blasted ACL um, damage. Just just how's the uh, the recuperation going? Yeah, no, it's going well, thank you. Um, just, I'm jogging outside at the minute, just getting some some repetition into my legs. Um, next month, in December, I'll be sort of working on change of direction, hopping side to side, that sort of thing, and hopefully that goes all well, and then I can move into like a bit of some ball work and, and join in like non-contact with the lads, and in, in hopefully in January, that's the plan. We're, hopefully it goes to the plan, and um, not so far off now. Are you hoping to you know get some competitive games in before the end of the season? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's if um, obviously I get signed to Oval again, um, which hopefully will happen. Um, and then hopefully around I don't know Feb- February. I don't really know to be honest. I don't want to put a date on it. I was going to put a date mm. on it, but hopefully in and in and around anywhere from late Jan to anywhere to March in around there. Hopefully I'll be available for selection if I if I get signed again. Um, so yeah. In and on there. So, so Law- Lawson, where's what is the current situation with your 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 the, con- the contract where you are at at the moment? So you're saying like, hopefully you will get signed back by Yeovil. I yep. mean, can you explain to the the listeners what's actually happened? Well, well obviously I was out of contracts in the last season, um, and I'd done it on the on the last day of the season. So the club um, they paid for my operation. Uh, they said they give me a place to stay. Um, Obviously, I'm a free agent, but they've said that I can do it here, my rehab and that. And then hopefully, Gaffer's always said that he wants to, to keep me if, if we can um, become when I become fit. So, But obviously, you don't know the financial situation of the club or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know any of that. That's that's obviously, it will come down to it whenever, it, whenever I get back fit. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's the agreement that was in place. Um, so I'm just... Yeah, I'm a free agent, but I'm I'm fully in the club. So, so just to like uh, enhance that a little, does the insurances they kick in obviously for the football club because it was still in, you were still take technically you were still signed by the club, so the insurances yeah. will take over the payments and all like that at the moment. He, uh, what for me or just for the yeah. the op? Uh, no, I'm I'm currently not getting paid at the minute. Um, so I've relied on savings and stuff. Um, but the PFA are there for you. Um, yeah. and I don't know if you saw in the, the manager's obviously press conference that they haven't really done a lot at the minute. Um, you have like a thing called a benevolent fund that's when a player falls on hard times. Yeah. If, if, if you're signed to the PFA, they can help him with that. Um, they've been a bit long in doing it at the minute. Um, I sent the, the form off in July, late July, I think it was, and I still haven't got to the bottom of it. So... Um, hopefully that'll be sorted soon. So I'm yeah, let's to hope so. Let's hope so. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, I'll, just to let just to let you know, I, I'm looking for a labourer. So if you want to come on the building <laughs> site, you know, get, you know, I could do somebody to hump some boards around and some uh, bags of bonding for me. So like, whenever you're Thank ready, you. just you know, that's, <laughs> I'll strengthen that knee up. I promise you. Some, some extra fitness work for it. Shoot right <laughs> up and down those stairs, mate. It works every time. Yeah, it it works wouldn't every be time. if I had a. If, to be honest with you, if I had a family, I um, 
if I had a kid or and a wife or something, I uh, I probably wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know if I would be still trying to play football at at, at this level anyway. I'd have I'd have had to have gone and got a job, you know. So that was mm. my situation really. Um, well, let's hope the rehabilitation goes well and you can get back to full fitness and uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Carry on with your career because it's a, it's a short career anyway. Like so, uh, definitely. it doesn't definitely. doesn't and sort of bode very well for the PFA that they're taking so long to look after. When you've got a, a situation like you are, I mean, the fact that you put a form in, in in July and they still haven't responded to it, or at least they haven't settled it, or whatever the terminology is, uh, that's pretty poor. I would have thought. I thought they were there to help you, not to leave you, you know, in in, in limbo, as it were. Um, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, uh, I don't really. Like obviously, we're, I'm speaking to people and that, and um, so hopefully it'll be sorted soon. I just I don't want to. Uh, it's a shame it's taken so long, but I don't know if it's the same with all everyone. Like maybe it's just got passed yeah. around or something, and it's been misplaced or something. I don't want to speak down on them. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, no, no. But it is, it is is a little bit worrying, obviously, like because I don't know. Say mentally, I wasn't all all there or something. It, it would have put a lot of stress on me. So. Um, yeah, luckily I've got. I'm okay in that situation. I've got really good family around me. Mom, dad really helped me out, um, and then good friends and and also lads at the club. They've, they've really and the gaffer and tell. Mm. They've all really helped. So well, what, it, what it actually does show, what it actually does show as well, is that you know, like everybody sort of sees footballers and they think like you know, they only see the top end, and you know, it really does. In it, 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 it's been quite enlightening to see seeing your situation it just goes to show that it's not all glitz and glamour because you know sometimes when players do come on sort of hardships it can be quite um stressful as well like so hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later we can get you back going again and um you know and um say hopefully it's sooner rather than later well i know yeah, that at, at the last press conference uh, the gaffer certainly mentioned both on air and off air, that he's very keen to re-sign you. That I can tell you. So, uh, uh, you know, that's that's encouraging to hear. Anyway, but um, what, yeah. what what do you think of the Dover the Dover game? Because the one topic of conversation at the press conference was complacency, and although I didn't actually go, but it sounds to me like there was a fair dose of complacency floating around the place. Um, I don't think it was it was complete. I think the lads knew the lads were saying the right things before the game um, in training and and stuff like we need to be on it. Um, it's not going to be easy. I just think maybe we got caught overplaying maybe in the first half with the because the wind obviously the wind got was a factor. It's the same for both sides. Don't get me wrong, but they got the early goal and and they sat in and they did a really good job in the first half, just sitting in their shape and letting us have the ball. And, and it was we're not always a team that have had the ball like that where people sit off against us. Um so it was it was a, a different sort of game for us and I just think maybe that allowed us to get complacent because we had a lot of the ball. Whether it's second half we come out and it was a completely different look about the way we played. Um we were a bit more direct with it. Um there was options everywhere when when we had the ball um, and we put the ball into good areas. I just think, yeah, it was just, sometimes you can get them games as a player, like where you, where you just it just the, the feel of the game doesn't quite go how you expect it to go, and and that then that complacency can creep in, but n- not meaning like in your head like oh this is going to be easy, just the way the game goes. Mm, mm. So that type of thing maybe. And FA Cup on Saturday. Um... This is for everybody now. I mean, 
we must have a fairly good chance, I would have thought. I, I know I'm always an optimistic sort of person, but, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, Darren knows a fair bit about Steve, least I'm sure, and I'm sure he's got some spies in the camp having him, you know, knowing people up there. And um, one would like to think we should better turn them over. Well, it's, it's interesting, Abe, that um, I don't know if Thorpe and I actually said it on, um, on commentary, but we noticed that... Um, Paul Tisdale was was sat in front of us, so we wondered what that was all about. And then we and then it was announced that Paul Tisdale is now the new manager of Stevenage, so that explains why he was there keeping tabs on on Yeovil. So I think that will be a good appointment for them. Obviously, he did mm. really well at Exeter, didn't quite work out for him at MK Dons or Bristol, but I think relatively speaking, he's shown that he's pretty proven at, at, at that level. And you actually look at the league table, there's not really an awful lot between Yeovil and Stevenage. And the fact that Yeovil are at home um, gives you that gives you that opportunity to get to get to round three. And like we've touched on before, that's the that's the round where you want to be and, and get excited about when you're inevitably waiting for Liverpool Man United to come out and then you get maidenhead away. But we'll see <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think, Thorpey? Well, what we what we got to do is get you know get out the blocks really fast, which we didn't really do in the Dover game. You know, the Dover game, I've thought you know I've been in these situations before, and you don't get out of the blocks very very quick. The, the conditions are awkward, you know, and um, and all of a sudden you can't lift that out of that first gear into second gear or third gear, and um, and then the frustration kicks in, then you make mistakes, and then you over try and. It just becomes, uh, you know, the harder you try, the worse it gets. Slightly better in the second half, you know, so, uh, but I'd like to have seen the ball move around a lot quicker and that's actually play a little bit more football instead of a little bit more one-dimensional up, up to the uh, to the strikers. So it's really important in the FA Cup game that we get out of the blocks really fast. loves Yeah. Sorry, just touching on that, just because you were covering the um, the game on Saturday, I just wanted to quickly bring Lawson in to find out if the boys had a discussion about who actually scored, because Thorpe and I were convinced that nobody got a touch on it from um, from that Barnet cross shot, if you like. But um, I believe AD's been saying something different. Not our AD, but Yusuf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, lads been giving Addy a bit of banter. Um, we're not, we're not sure ourselves, to be honest. But he claiming it, so we're not convinced. No, nah, I'm not. Paul, he went, <laughs> never, he never got in touch. So I actually spoke to um, Tony Pounder, who actually one hundred percent is even more convinced he never got in touch. He reckons he's, he's even further away from his angle, even further away from it. Um, than where we saw it, we thought it was fairly close, but we could not see any deviation or uh, on on that ball whatsoever. So for me, he's pinching that goal one hundred percent, right? You know. <laughs> so, and Tony did in fact on Sky give it to um, to Barnet, like so. Uh, you could tell him from us that it's, it, it was his goal. In all, in all seriousness, Paul, is there um, or any of you guys? Do you know when you talk, you hear about this dubious goal panel, dubious goals panel at like top level? How yeah. does it work, sort of lower down? Does is it is the same sort of apply? But they obviously the camera angles and stuff are not as obviously you haven't got as many angles to look at. Is it the same sort of thing, or no, are you no, just going to no. have to go down to what somebody says it is and that's final? I, I, I literally think it goes down to somebody like Tony, because Tony's on Sky. He, he does all the uh, stats for Sky, 
And so it literally goes down to what he says. And I think that is where it... it um, unless, unless people tell me different, I think it's basically down to someone like Tony, who's at the game, who makes a decision there and then. But um, oh, Lawson, think, think Lawson you can go think, in tomorrow then and tell him it's not his. <laughs> it's, uh, I, think Tony, I think Tony's definitely got it right on this occasion. Makes a change, doesn't it, uh, Paul? Yeah, it does, certainly does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For him to get it right. Um, well, we're, yeah. we're, we're beginning to get near the end of the show. We've still got a few minutes left yet, but uh, just to try and get a few more topics in. First of all, I think uh, the Manchester City fans have really uh, told the world exactly what their mentality is in that they're buying thousands upon thousands of calendars with pictures of Jack Grealish's calf on it. Um if that's all they can do with their money, it just shows you they haven't got a clue, have they, eh? What do you think, Rick? Rick. Have you seen the picture? I've seen Jack Grealish's thighs on a few occasions, but not this particular picture. But is it a very nice picture of his thighs? No, it's <laughs> not. Cars? It's not. And anyway, who it's wants not. to see his thighs? I mean, God, dear me. Anyway, oh, moving on. Um, oh, 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 sorry, AD, AD yeah, before yeah, you yeah. move on, Thorpey. Yeah. Thorpey, talking of talking of calendars, tell any yeah. your idea that you told me. Well, we we have got um, we're going to be hopefully going to be doing a twenty twenty three Christmas calendar. Or so you know where we're where we're all people who have been on. So watch out, Lawson. You could well be roped into this. <laughs> all people who have been involved in. Um, these podcasts and in, in, in Three Valleys Radio. Um, we're going to have some pictures taken and we're going to have a charity, a charity uh, Three Valleys Christmas calendar. Can I have my cards in it? <laughs> just, just my cards. All, 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 all I'm saying is you're, look, you're looking at Mr. February over here. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's the first I've so heard about this, but... Uh... covered up? I think we need to, I think so we need we, to have we, a board meeting about this, Mr. Thorpe. <laughs> I think we definitely need a board meeting on this one. Um, yeah, we're April, April, May, and June. No, I'm, we, yeah. I'm March, <laughs> mate. Um, just moving on, we've got a when few more minutes picture, left. We don't know where we're going to put the Christmas pudding. Uh, well, I, don't, I don't like Christmas pudding. Um, what about Stephen Gerrard at Villa and Smith at uh, Dean Smith at Norwich? They they're not doing too bad so far. I think generally, do you think agree with that? Good yeah, start. I think they both made a very good start, and they, the, you know, the the harder one for me was um, was Dean Smith going to 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 Norwich, but he's uh, he seems to have changed it a little bit. You know, early doors. You know, you're going to get that little change, but it'll it'll settle down in the next few weeks. So we'll see what happens in say like a month's time. But uh, I certainly think he's got the harder job. But clean clean sheet this weekend as well, which was very rare for them. If he carries on like this then it means that the th- and pulls Norwich out of the bottom three. It means Newcastle, Leeds and Burnley are going down. Did you say yeah. Leeds? And who would have thought that, Rick? That? Did, you, did you mention Leeds, Leeds there, Rick? Rick? Leeds aren't going down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there's a god, they will. Oh. oh. <laughs> He's the greatest manager ever. Yeah, we, we, we need... How can you say that in the presence of Man United supporters? Wash your mouth out with soap and water. an average championship team, and he's made an average championship team get promoted and and do survive really well in the Premier League with still majority 
Oh, oh, oh excuse me. If they've been oh. unlucky with injuries this season, but there's that. Do you think that there's a little bit of second season syndrome like Sheffield United suffered from? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably, probably the is. Premier League's found them out a little bit. We'll um, there probably is, but I think I think we'll be okay. I think we're fine. I think we're just just ticking over. Just going to find form at the right time, oh. and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll still be there. Well, but it comes to a sad state of affairs when like. Chelsea are the um, the best, least worst option to win the division. And Leeds are staying up. What's the world coming to? Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we've we've reached the end of the road more or less. So, um, Lawson, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time. And yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we can grab you again. Then now you've uh, been indoctrinated with the cause. Um, and of course, obviously, we need you for the calendar. Um, so, thank you for coming on, um, Hilda. Well done, mate. Um, we'll speak to you again, Thorpey. Um, oh, by yeah, the way, I, I didn't get an opportunity. So, I, I really thought your commentary, you two on Saturday, was was excellent. It's far better than the BBC. Thank you very much. No, it was, and it's not yeah, just can me. I second that. And is, is hey, there, is there hey Lawson, can... Lawson does the BBC. Yeah, well, we don't we don't swear on ours. You see, that's one of the good things yeah. about it. <laughs> um, but but can no. We the, um, can we get the Three Valleys commentary synced up with the TV pictures on uh, the weekend? So I'd rather listen to those two than uh, oh, the see, BBC yeah, again. yeah, yeah. I don't know. You, it's a bit technically beyond me, but anyway. Um, but Rick, Rick, thanks for it's coming too on. Kind, too kind. And, uh, not a problem. Any time. Could we not have Leeds and Liverpool fans on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lawson, see what we uh, put up with? Oh, yeah. It's time. Okay. It's the whole experience. Every <laughs> week. Yeah. Anyway, don't forget, listeners, that uh, we have got a four match commentary uh, on Saturday of the Cup Tie, Stevenage against Yeovil Town. Um, starting at about half past five I'm, I'm not quite sure of the exact time but it's around that sort of time but I'm sure you'll find it and uh, hopefully we won't have any internet problems and um, <laughs> I should listen to us rather than watching the BBC if I were you or at least watch it but listen to us instead of the commentary on the BBC so with that I would say thank you for listening football bloody hell good night <laughs> <laughs>